There we go. <laughs> great day, everyone. Great day. You know, extraordinary times call for extraordinary leaders. Our world is changing at such a rapid pace. And this time and the way that we're changing is unprecedented for even the most experienced leaders are finding it challenging. So what can we do to help ourselves and to help our teams emerge from this challenging time even stronger? We can commit to high impact living and leading. So today on the Coffee with Rhonda show, we're gonna talk about some of the key characteristics that differentiate these leaders, what makes a high impact leader and how can your breathing help? So with all that said, are you ready to breathe, live, love, and lead above the grind? You're not ready. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I am home. Can you all tell? I'm so happy to be home as much as being in another country for two amazing weeks on that beautiful island was awesome. But we are back and we're ready to go. So I'm super excited for today's discussion. So you are tuned into the Coffee with Rhonda show. This is your cup full of inspiration, revelation and wit for today's savvy leader. That's right. We might be a little bit high energy today. Y'all know uh, if you haven't ever seen me present when I stand, it's a whole different ball game. So just be forewarned about that. So, um, and today we're going to talk about high impact leadership. And if you are not a leader with a formal title, think about high impact living, right? High impact living. So we're going to talk about that. And I want you to ask yourself, am I living and leading a high impact life? So um, before we introduce everyone, a couple of quick key, quick points that I want to just share with you. First of all, if you have not visited our YouTube channel, please do so. Go to the YouTube channel and subscribe because we are getting ready to go off season, which means we're going to disappear for about 12 weeks, people about 12 weeks, but you don't want to miss any of the good stuff coming. And we put additional information on there for you. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and comment and share the video. There is someone who needs to hear this conversation. And don't forget to comment, say hello to us, talk to us. Your comments power our conversation. And don't forget to tell us what you have in your cup. So with all of that being said, my name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I'm your host for the show. I am what I call an R-soul, or a recovering stressed out leader. Those days are gone, and I now advocate, encourage, and inspire other leaders to choose a less stressed, more fulfilled, more joyful life. So I am in my cup today. I am using my I lead above the grind cup, 
And Ross is like, I have two cups. My I lead above the grind cup. And in here, I have a little coffee with one of my holiday treats, which is Kahlua and Bailey's Irish cream. Don't judge. <laughs> it only happens around holiday time. I'm just saying, y'all. And I would be remiss if I didn't say I got on my swag, my coffee with Rhonda Show shirt. So as all of us do today, I'm so excited about that. All right. So that's me. Thank you so much for being here. We're already laughing. You guys can tell this is going to be a hoot. So since you're pulling up the shirt and everything, Miss Ross Jones, let's come to you next. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is show number 65. Wow. Woo! Woo! Go Rhonda, go. Go Rhonda, go. Um, I want to, I want to say this and I know it, it I, I know it's kind of a sidebar, when we first started this show, it was only supposed to be for four weeks, but this has been the best three years of my life hanging out with Rhonda and Ray. It really has. Uh, it's okay. it's made, they've made me accountable. Uh, you know, a, a better leader, a better business owner, a better person. My life is better because I've collaborated and connected with them, not only business but also personally. So I just want to say thank you to that person. I'm just Ross Jones. I'm not going to tell y'all nothing else, honey. Y'all know who I am. <laughs> thank you so much, Ms. Ross. That is awesome. And back at you. This has been pretty incredible as we all together learn to lead above the grind. Lead above the grind. All right. Deep breath, Rhonda. Breathe. Okay. Calm down. Bring it down. All right. Mr. Good. Ray. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> good evening. Good morning for me because we are now on um here it's Sunday so because it's oh. uh 6 past 12 so it's uh it's a I mean it's been a great day today. Uh, it's been hot so we are in summer. So my name is Mireille. You probably know me after 3 years now. I'm the greatness engineer and I make sure people understand they have this greatness and unleash this greatness, you know, to their community and uh, and become the best version of themselves. And I'm based in Perth in Australia and I enjoy, enjoy, enjoy this show. And just like what Rose was saying, we are growing, you know, and we've grown so much the last three years and I don't want it to stop. So <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I'm with you. Thank you so much, Marie. And, and I have my coffee with Rhonda Christian today. today. And party, I will party, be drinking party. water because I think we already caffeinated without the coffee. So I'll drink water today. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yes, it does seem like we're a little over caffeinated today, right? So I am with you, Marae. Thank you so much, ladies. It has been a pleasure working with you and I'm looking for more great things to come. So today we have joining us, Jose, we're so happy that you're here. Please forgive our craziness. Tell us a little bit about you and what you, the incredible work that you do in the world. And then don't forget to tell us what you have in your cup. No apologies necessary. I'm enjoying it. And, uh, I am a, an embodied leadership coach and a men's work facilitator. Men's work, just to add a little context to that, is anything that uh, involves creating spaces for men to heal and, and uh, step into deeper levels of truth and power. Um, so whether it's retreats, men's groups, community, et cetera. So facilitate those spaces, 
I'm also a brand strategist for Impact Driven Men. And my focus, uh, without really diving into the details of everything just yet, is to empower men to embody their truth, live their vision, and give their gift in the most powerful way that they can. And in my cup, I have cacao. So oh, don't know how, nice. which, who, who's drank cacao before, but this is a special kind of cacao. So this is called ceremonial grade cacao or theobroma cacao. So it's it still contains the the fats. So the cocoa butter that usually goes to the makeup industry right. is kept in here. It comes straight from this one source from Ecuador. And uh, it, it actually is one of the most nutrient mineral dense uh, foods on earth when it is full in that way. And it's also a heart opener. Now I know, oh. you know, that that term is, is, is used in many different ways, but literally and uh figuratively so literally it's unlike coffee which is a neurostimulant so sometimes you know you can get a little anxious if you're over caffeinated uh this is a vasostimulant so it actually uh, opens up your your heart uh and it increases the size by i think it was 30 percent um if it's you know Wow. Uh, ceremonial grade yeah so uh i use this you know you mentioned breath i use this in my breath work um, uh, workshops. And the reason I do that is because it creates a more um, heart open experience. Wow. And uh, we can dive a little bit into that later, but drinking cacao and uh, excited to join you guys here. That is amazing. So I love all of that. So is that why you're not as hyper as the three of us right now? We're all like, yay! yay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have I didn't have coffee yet. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that, honey. We don't need that at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You know, one of the things I also love about the show is as we have brought in the theme of what's in your cup, we've learned a lot of, you know, drinks that have nutritional value. And this type of cacao, um, what's the what kind is it called? So uh, ceremonial grade, um, and the reason it's called grade. It, yeah, uh, it, it's it's been used by, you know, um, Mesoamerican cultures in okay. ceremonies often, and really there's there's a there's a, um, I guess stories that uh, the Mayans, the Aztec warriors, used to drink a cow before going into war, or battle, and the reason they did, speaking of leadership, right is to go into, even though they were going into battle and they were going to fight, they wanted to go into battle with a heart open, right? Oh. So uh, with, with the ability to have emotional intelligence, which is really interesting thinking that far back, that that's something that they had in mind when they were going right. into uh, situations like that. But it, it's called okay. ceremonial grade, also theobroma. Okay. Cacao. And, uh, and um, yeah, I mean, just to add oh, a little well. more context, 80, about 80, 75 to 80% of chocolates that we eat, so commercial chocolates, um, have the primary like nutrients and minerals from cacao removed and sold to the makeup industry. And sometimes it's also not fair trade. So a lot of them, uh, a lot of those chocolates come from uh, the Western part of Africa and there's a lot of child slave labor. Ceremonial grade cacao and ethically sourced cacao usually comes from South America and it'll be sourced from locals that, uh, you know, have a very uh, beautiful process to getting into this cup. So, Jose, um, so I'm, I'm a little bit uh, interested in if you're going to stop us all from 
having <laughs> chocolate now. I still indulge in, indulge in chocolate, but I, I, I have also spent a lot of time in, in Guatemala and, right. and uh, with indigenous cultures. So I, I have I have the plug. Long as he don't long as he don't take the chocolate, honey, because I you know my face was looking crazy for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love chocolate too. Chocolate. All right. So <laughs> let's get to our conversation for today. Cause I got a feeling we could spend a whole hour on just talking about this. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Um, but I want to let's shift us to talking about high impact leadership. And this is really interesting. And I want you to think about the context of where we are today in the world, right? How um, everything is changing at a rapid pace. Leaders are being asked to manage things they have never managed before. Not, you know, before it was enough to just manage your role, but now you have to manage employees' safety and well-being, their emotional wellness, you know, um, all of that, that engagement that gives them a source of um, purpose and connection to work. There's so much leaders are being asked to do. And so the topic of high impact leadership to me is important. I want to start by just asking all of you, what does it even mean? I, it's a term that has taken root, high impact leadership. It's not really formalized. So we can sort of define it. Let's talk about what is high impact mean to us? Um, because it really isn't a very formalized um, term. A lot of folks are using it, but it doesn't really have a formal definition as I did the work uh, for this show and prepared and did a little bit of research mm -hmm. on that. So let's talk about what high impact leadership means to each of us. But before we do that, we got to go say hello to people. So Regina's out there. Hey, sis, coming to you from beautiful San Antonio. I has delicious coffee in my cup. Uh-huh. But you don't have no Kahlua and, you know, a little bit of um, Bailey's Irish cream like me. Just for the holidays, y'all. Just for the holidays. So uh, mom is out there also warning. Mom, forget about that last comment. Mom is out there watching too. And she says, good morning, all. And she says that she's enjoying Thanksgiving weekend with dark hot chocolate in her cup. So yes. there you go. Um, and then Regina said, Raj, you're going to make me cry. All <laughs> life improvement is amazing. Yes, it is. And then she says, the T-shirts look awesome. Thank you so much for shouting out the T-shirts. All right. And then ceremonial gray cacao in full effect today. Thank you for that information. All right. So let's get started. High impact leadership. What is it? What does it mean? Or what should it mean? What could it mean? I think we can sort of be a little bit broad based with this conversation today mm -hmm. around this high impact yeah. leadership. Marie, let's start with you. What is high impact leadership? Oh, it's uh, it's kind of difficult to define, and uh, and and I think we all have our own, you know, yeah. uh, definition in a way. For me, high impact leadership is really about creating. Uh, a positive impact in whatever situation you are, you know, whatever the challenge, always find the opportunity to find, you know, always find a positive into the situation where you are and, and understand, you know, the emotion uh, that comes, you know, out of, you know, the test that you go through. So really have the ability to discard the negativity from everything that is happening and, and really pursuing the, the positive part of thing. And, and that's how I would define, you know, high, high, high impact, impact leadership. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Marie. I mm -hmm. love that. So it's that creating the positive space 
and mm -hmm. um, having that positive impact in everything that you approach. What about you, Ross? When you think about, and particularly yourself and leading your organization, when you think about high impact leadership, what does that mean to you? I don't know what the hell high impact leadership is, but I'm going <laughs> to try my best to define it this morning. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I never heard of this term. So, you know, I may have to pass the mic, but I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a give it a good old, a good old Roz Jones try. This just Roz Jones talking. Y'all know how I say it. <laughs> to me, to me, a high impact leader is that leader is investing in themselves. It's an individual thing. It's not, okay, we're going to put you all in um, uh, the black belt leadership training and everybody's going to come out with a black belt. I think high impact leadership is, is, is individual, like your DNA, you know, like your blood type. I can't, I can't lead the same way, you know, Mariah, you know, Marie leads or, or, or Jose, or, or we all have our own ways of leadership. So my voice may not make an impact in your community as, you know, my people may not move for you the way they move for me. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. But all, all I'm saying is my voice, my DNA, my, my skills and everything that I do helps me to impact, like, like, like Marissa, impact the people, not only my employees, but then I get to impact my clients and then, and then it spreads on. So what I've done is I've started mine it's like a domino effect. So the good that I'm sowing in, the seeds, the investment that I make, being on the show in the morning, you know, reading, exercise, all that helps me be a better leader to help impact others. Mm -hmm. and that's the best I could do, honey. Oh, and that is pretty darn good for the best you can do, Ms. Roz. So thank you for that. And, and as I was saying, it's not um, a standard definition, right? It means something different to all of us. So that's perfect in what it means to you. So Jose, what about you? When you think about high impact leadership, what does that mean for you? Yeah, well, first, I, I want to uh, acknowledge Roz's uh, um, definition because I heard her say unique. And the word unique is really what comes to me. I think uh, oftentimes, like you said, high impact, it's really all about the context that we add to it. But for me, high impact, similar to what Ra said, is all about um, identifying what our unique backgrounds, experiences, journey, uh, you know, a training, all the things that go beyond just like leadership training, but like who we are and who we identify as and who we can impact the most getting clear about that and then deciding to move forward and making the highest impact we can, not necessarily on everyone, but the people that can benefit most from it. But before, uh, before that, I think it's important to say, to, to say that um, the word impact. So this is a conversation that I talk about often. We all make an impact. And I think that's something that all of us uh, take ownership of. We think high impact or leadership even the word leadership, we are all leaders. Uh, even if you know we don't have a following, we don't have a business, we are leading people by having conversations with them and perhaps sparking something that they didn't think about before. And I think with impact, you know, it, it all depends on the intention because we could also make a high impact. You know, we can name names of people, leaders who are dictators or maybe created catastrophes. They created a high impact, but the intention was in alignment wasn't in alignment with being of service. So whether it's high impact or just impact in general, I think really getting clear on what is the high impact I want to create? What is the impact I want to create, period? 
is a big piece of context that I think uh, 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 needs to be like attributed to, to that word or to the, the, the identity of being a high impact leader. Because otherwise we're, we're creating an impact, but we are not really aware of the, the repercussions of that impact on the world around us. Mm. So I, what I love about that, Jose, is everyone brought in pieces that I feel are, um, are really important. Number one, Murray, you started with the positive impact, right? So being positive, uh, Jose, you added to that intentionality, right? And what it, what is your true purpose there? Roz, you brought into it the uniqueness of you and bringing that forward because I can't have the same impact as Roz and, you know, Jose, because I'm different, right? My skills, my background, um, the way I show up is different. So that is high impact. But you also brought in the definition. So that's sort of where I went when I started to do a little level setting. What is high impact? The definition of I, of impact is a powerful or a major influence or effect, right? A powerful or major influence or effect. So I brought that with everything that I saw and I said, okay, so what is high impact? The ability to leverage awareness, intention, passion, and competency for positive and consistent results. Now, that's my definition of high impact based on everything that I've read and learned um, in preparing for this. The ability to skillfully leverage awareness, intention, passion, and competency for positive and consistent results. So if you're out there in the audience and you're listening and you don't have a formal role of leadership title, if you don't have a formal leadership title, think about the positive impact in your, of just living, right? And, and meeting and interacting with those around you. So replace leadership with life, having a high impact life. And what does that mean? And what does that look like to you? Because as Jose said, we always have an impact. You know, we get to decide what kind of impact that is. Roz? I want I want to say this from that definition. It's really kind of sparked my brain. Impact, that means that I could say a word and change you, make you feel better. So it doesn't mean I have to be a president or be a prolific speaker like Winston Churchill or anything like this. I could just say a word or I could just sit and listen and it makes a difference. So people think that, oh, I have to stand in front of you and lead to make a change. Sometimes you could sit on the back seat like Rosa Parks went from the back to, and make a change. She didn't say nothing. She sat there. Mother mm -hmm. Teresa did it with her actions. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this because I want to let you know, these people didn't start off standing in front of what they did, what they were consistent with their actions. And sometimes we don't have to say anything. And sometimes just a word, I love you, three words, you're doing great, it's okay. I understand, how, just, just, I'm done speaking. Thank you so much, as we say on Clubhouse. <laughs> Roz, that is profound because the point that you just made that we don't, um, anything we can do can impact others, right? I could be feeling down and you just give me an ear and listen to me and see me and hear me. That could be impactful. Um, so I, I touch really holding holding someone's hand, and, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to. No, hold no, no, you're good. No, even in caregiving, a lot of times my patients are feeling bad. I just hold their hand and sit next to them. They don't yeah. need no. They just need to know somebody is there. 
They just need to know you're there. I'm done speaking. Go ahead, y'all. Go ahead. I'm done for the rest of the hour. I'm so somehow I don't believe you're dumb, but it's okay. It's okay because the show's not over yet. <laughs> Nikki's out there. Uh, Diana, hey, how are you? Thanks so much for tuning into the show. You know, as we think about high impact leadership, so why I feel like it's a difficult thing for us to elevate our life and our leadership sometimes. Sometimes it feels really hard. And, and I want to just talk for a moment about why is that? Why is it so hard to move the dial? You know, if we are all walking around in the world, we all have the ability to make an impact. Why does it feel so challenging? And I think this is important for leaders. I want them to hear this conversation that comes forward from this question, because I think if you can understand why it feels so challenging, you can begin to remove those obstacles and begin to elevate your life and your leadership. Uh, Murray, why does it feel so darn hard to be that high impact leader or live that high impact life? I, I think sometimes it's about awareness because we we all have a certain power, and that's what Rose was saying. But we're not we're not we're not actually aware of that, and we're not actually we don't really know how to use it. And it comes down to having the awareness and also being confident that you know, you're gonna use this power that you have to make an impact. Because mm -hmm. in a way, we, we all leaders without, you know, without titles, we, like Rose was saying, anything that we do will touch or will you know, uh, generate a, a feeling uh, you know, to, you know, uh, for somebody. You know, it, it might be a negative one or a positive one. So this awareness is very important. So, and there's a fear as well. I think when you know, when you 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 are aware of us, you have a, you're aware of the power. Sometimes you're so fearful of using it because mm. uh, you don't really know what's gonna happen. So I think. Those are the key thing, and we see it a lot with women, you know, especially in leadership where they have everything, they're almost perfect, but they're always so afraid of, you know, stepping up into this power and showing up, you know, as uh, as the leaders that they, they, they are and with the power that they have, you know, inside of them. So I think awareness is one, uh, being uh, confident is, is, is another one. And uh, and and obviously, you know, uh, the fear of being judged sometime as well, because uh, you you you're always afraid of, you know, how am I gonna come come across, uh, you know, what what are the pe what what's gonna be the feeling of the people around me? So all of this, you know, looking at external factors sometimes just block the the full process. I love that, Beret. So fear, mm -hmm. confidence, um, and um, and then really just owning your power, being aware mm -hmm. of it, right? Knowing that we all are powerful and how we mm -hmm. choose to use that and show up with that um, varies on your skill set, right? It's a skill mm -hmm. to be able to use the power, your God-given power that you have mm -hmm. and be able to bring that forward in a way that serves others. So Roz, why is it hard? Why does it feel hard to... Um, really elevate your life to, to be in high impact. And I guess we should say to have positive high impact to qualify that as, as Jose said, you can have an impact, high impact. That's not a positive one, but we're talking about positive high impact. Why does it feel hard? Because there's accountability and you have to change. Some people don't want to change. Some people don't want the accountability. 
And then, you know, we've talked about this too. Then some people don't want the rejection, you know, uh, you know, there's a fear of that. You know, what if I, if I fail and the person that I'm trying to help on the way and I fail, how does that impact them? But, you know, I, you know, I, I say this all the time, success leaves clues, failure leaves data. That data not only helps you, but it helps them, you know, so don't always look at, you know, if, 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 if I don't make the Olympics this year, that I won't make it in the next four years. You know, there's still a process. And, you know, that process is solving a pain point, whether we've, you know, we were successful or not. So a lot of times, you know, we have always looked at failure. I mean, looked at pain or someone saying no as rejection and bad. And now we need to take that and turn it into something different. There are lessons and there's a game. You know, how, how um, you know, Jose might be too young for this song. Betty Wright used to sing this song. No pain, no gain. No pain, no you know, he a little young. So you might not know this song. But if you turn back the hands of time, he know about R. Kelly. You turn back the hands of time. They used to say no pain, no gain. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you take that and turn it into something really positive, then, you know, take that information, take that and, and do something with it instead of saying, okay, I failed, you know, and I used to do it too. I, I would fail and I would draw up. I would draw up and I would have to go through rejection therapy, honey, but not anymore. Mm -hmm. That information is like fertilizer. It, 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 it fuels me to move on. I'm Raj Jones. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jose. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Jose, pull, pull this together for us because <laughs> we're right started with you know, um, really recognizing that, you know, confidence and fear and all of these things are there. And then, and then Roz brings it to the, another point for us, right? Which is we have to be accountable. We have to change. There's a level of transparency and honesty that is required for high impact living and leading. So um, what say you about what makes it so yeah. challenging to get to that positive high impact life? Well, you, you summarized it beautifully. I mean, I, I want to really bring together what Raz and Murray said. Um, the confidence, yes. The the owning your power, yes. But without being willing to fail, as Raz said, we can't really embody the ability to, to be that high-impact leader. And the reason I say that, just in my own story, um, you know, before I got into coaching, before I even, like, experienced any of the things that I work around today, I was in corporate reading books about leadership. So I was reading things about leadership, how to be a more high impact leader, whatever terminology I was using back then. Um, sales books, all the books that I can think of, I was consuming them back to back. And I had all this information. And I also had information about myself. I felt like I felt I felt somewhat confident that my vision um, was something that that was going to impact people. But when I actually started putting, moving the needle forward, that confidence didn't always translate in my body. So up here, I thought, I know how to be a high impact leader. This is what I got to do. This is what the book said. This is what I've learned. This is what this person that has led me has looked, has showed up as. But there were moments, like Ross said, I would, I would go fail and then pull back or sometimes even freeze and moving and, and not move forward at all. And I think with with regards to leadership and just people like all of us how we move towards like owning our power and making that sort of impact there's a big 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 piece 
around taking action and moving across that threshold and that edge. So I, I, you know, one of my teachers always says there's three steps to changing. And really this is a big piece to leadership. First is awareness, right? So Murray said awareness. We have awareness that is not alignment or here's something that I actually want to work towards. The second is possibility. When I do this thing or change this thing that I'm aware of, then there's a new possibility of how my leadership is going to be, what my impact's going to look like, the position that I hold, or even just going right to the core, bringing more love, truth, freedom, peace to other people's lives. And then the third is action, right? So action, without the action piece, doesn't matter how much we know, doesn't matter what the possibilities on our vision board looks like for leadership, we don't take that action and are willing to, to really start embodying and stretching our nervous system to be able to hold the capacity of our vision and the gift and the impact we want to create. It's really hard to reach that place of like higher impact, which is a journey. There's never a final destination, but uh, that action and that repetitive, uh, the, the repetition of the action, which is really practice, is 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 inclusive of failure it's inclusive of blowing our minds and realizing we're capable of much more and it's inclusive of you know a journey of uh, realizing that um some people will not accept or understand our power or our leadership and we need to be okay with it because there's other people that will be impacted by the way that we bring those two things together so i really love how raz and Murray said those two things i think they both go hand in hand so I love I love that you brought in the action part of it because it is about doing and you can't you can't accomplish something that you don't attempt, right? Which means you've got to get out there and you've got to do it. In order to be a high impact leader, you've got to be able to assess where am I, what's working, what's not. And there are data and feedback. And Raj, you said this failure leaves data. There is feedback all around us. You don't have to guess if you're being impactful or not in a positive way. Look around you. What's showing up in your life, what's showing up for your team, are people following you or are they complying with you? Those are two different things, right? If you're leading, they should be following. If you are a person who is a manager in a role with a title of a leader, then they may be complying with you. Right. And then it's up to you to recognize that, to understand your people and to be able to self-assess and say, OK, I can do something differently. It's not about that. You know, I'm bad or I'm not, you know, an excellent leader. How can I move? This is always a journey. So Cindy says, yes, Roz, leadership is very unique based on our personalities, ta talents and skills. It does depend on our application of these gifts. Absolutely. Because without application, you know, it's really just a bunch of fluff sort of floating around in our heads. Right. I like to say it doesn't matter what you know if it doesn't influence what you do. Right. What you do ultimately um, really tells the story. And then Regina said the statement that Murray made was for me. Fear the leaders at work. Are they going to lead in a morally fair fashion? And Regina, it's interesting, right? Because you have to really decide what's important. That may not be your role, right? Your role is to be aware, to recognize, to understand where you are. You can't change the leaders, but you can always lead from, a, from that place of morality and intention and passion and purpose, even without the title of leadership. You don't need a title. You can be the leader. 
right? I don't care if you're stocking shelves or whatever it is, show up in that leadership way. So when we come back um, on the other side, I want to talk more about what are the characteristics that we would expect to see in our leaders who are high impact leaders? And is it different for men and women? Right. I'm always interested in the dynamic between men and women. And are we just are we just making this all up? Right. There's really or are we just all people coming to the table and it doesn't really matter if you're a male or a female and it just all sort of comes together. So let's do a quick commercial break. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do so. If you're just tuning in, you're watching the Coffee with Rhonda show and we are talking about high impact leadership. And then this a little bit we're going to get to don't forget to breathe and the role that breathing plays and having a high impact leadership uh, life and being able to lead from that place. So right now we're going to do a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about characteristics of high impact leaders. I've had those Freudian sips before, right? Have you ever been in a meeting and someone says something and you really want to go, what the? But instead, you just take a sip. That's how you keep yourself out of trouble. I always take my glasses off. I take, I, I, that's... <laughs> Ross, see, I'm, you showing it. I'm trying not to show it. I'm not the... <clears throat> All right, don't say you know, that. I right could, you know I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about um, characteristics of high impact leaders. So I'm going to get us started by putting, I'll put some up on the screen. You can choose one of these to speak to and broaden it about high uh, characteristics, or you can bring in your own, your own thought about characteristics of high impact leaders. And um, <laughs> Regina says, uh, those pics were so cool. I know, right? You need to take yours and send it in so we can get you up here and your coffee with Rhonda swag. All right. So here are some characteristics that you would expect to show up. But again, you can choose your own. I'm going to ask everyone to choose one of these and just speak to it a little bit about why this is important for having high impact leadership or high impact life. And for those of you listening later on podcast version, the characteristics are vision, clarity, values, integrity, excellent communicators, emotional maturity, understands the strengths, having a system for self-check-in and, and, and that self-guidance, being purpose-driven and creating growth opportunities for self and others. So these are some characteristics that I found, but you can certainly speak to your own. So choose one of these and just speak to it in terms of why it's important to have this characteristics for positive high impact life or leadership. And um, uh, Marae, let's start with you. What, which one really spoke to you? Oh, it's very difficult to um, 
to to choose but I, but i think one of uh, one of the key one is is definitely the communication uh you have to be able to uh, not only you know on this communicate with yourself but also communicate with the people that you want to impact because uh, so communicate with yourself is really about managing your emotions and you know the the internal uh, the internal communication that you have with yourself to manage the, the different emotion that you go through so I think those are the this is going to be key for me and also have clarity on on what you're trying to accomplish, uh, you know, your vision, because that's that's going to lead to a better communication as well. Because if you don't know uh, where you, you want to be, then it becomes very difficult to communicate uh, in, a, in, a, in, in a clear way as well. I love that. Uh, so mm -hmm. communication for me, I call it outcomes-based communication. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I say that leaders should not be communicating anything before they know what the outcome is they're hoping to generate. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that guides you. Otherwise, you ju you're just speaking and you're a little bit all yeah. over the place and you may not mm -hmm. get where you're trying to go um, if you don't do that. So thank you for that, Murray. Um, Roz, what about you? What, what stood out for you on that list? Uh, the thing that stood out for me was understanding my strengths. And, and so I understand what my strengths are, but then I also higher where my weaknesses are or I outsource mm. because okay I know that I'm not good at putting in weeds so I gotta go to the hairdresser and get you know my little you know my weave done. You know what I'm saying? I don't do I I, I don't know nothing about the right shampoo, the right thread to sew it in, the right I don't know about that so I stay out of that lane. Okay. I don't cut grass anymore. I guess somebody cut my grass. I don't understand some of these systems we have to use these CR I know what my strengths are. But I hire to my weaknesses. I put people in. I put people in those spots. Now, don't think I don't oversee it. <laughs> don't think I don't oversee it. So I know what my strengths are. But as I hire these people in these areas, nothing gets, um, nothing goes off my desk. Nothing gets posted on social media unless I get my last eyeball. That's accountability. Okay. Even though I'm giving you the authority, you still have accountability. I'm Ross Jones and I'm done speaking. Mm, I love that. Give the authority, empower people, but retain ownership and accountability for ensuring that that gets done. And thank you, Roz. What about you, Jose? Anything particular on that list stand out for you? Yes, so definitely vision and clarity, but I think Murray touched on that beautifully. Um, I will say the other one that stood out for me was integrity. I forgot what other word was in that phrase, but. Um, I think I think oftentimes we see a lot of leaders and I think I know I've been guilty of this. So it's something that um, having other mirrors reflect back to me so that I can improve on it has been very important. But there's a lot of leaders that lead, but don't necessarily embody where they're leading or what they're leading. So it's easy to stand up in front of a room and say, you know, this is this is what we're going to do. This is how we need to be. These are the values that our company holds and then not necessarily living by those values. Um, and I always like to, to think of leadership almost like uh, there's this there's a there's a hierarchy of the types of leadership that we have. And, and really, it's all based on integrity. So at the very bottom, I thought that the, the, the lowest form of leadership was like egoic leadership. Right. So a dictator that says, uh, uh, I'm going to instill fear in order for you to do what I tell you to do. But actually at the lowest, I think is escape leadership. 
right? Mm -hmm. So like there's a responsibility, an opportunity to step up to the plate and then we're out of integrity. You know, maybe we were talking the talk but not showing up and actually leading. And then, you know, we can be efficient leaders, we can be empowering leaders, engaging leaders, but I think at the really top is in body leadership where, you know, you're not just a, a, a man or woman of your word, you're also a man or, or a woman of your truth. So it's, am I in truth with my mind? Is my mind, my body, my heart in alignment with this thing that I'm leading in? Can I be honest and say that today I'm not feeling well, but I'm still showing up and I need support from you guys? Or like Raz said, you know, I, I, I want to create this thing. I have clarity on the vision and I want to enroll you in this vision because it will also impact you as well, but I need support. And I want to own where I'm not in strength. So I really think integrity kind of uh, uh, covers a lot of these things because we need to be honest about what we're capable of doing, what we're not, and then enroll others um, in, in kind of supporting us, but also empowering them. So not only, I think Roz earlier said, now being at the front but, and, and just like uh, feeling like we're the leader and we need to hold that position. But I think uh, an embodied leader is also about empowering other people to be leaders as well, which which takes a certain level of integrity to say, um, I'm not a leader because I am a unique individual, even though we're all unique, that only has the power to lead here beyond anybody else. I actually know everybody has the ability to be leaders as well, because I'm not perfect. They're not either, but there's an opportunity to empower them. And I really think that takes a level of integrity. And once we kind of start coming closer to that or, or being willing to look at all those blind spots where we're out of integrity. I really think that um, the, the way we make an impact, you know, can be taken to a higher level. So, so what it's interesting um, to be able to be in your truth and to be able to come from that place um, to create alignment with what that truth is and the way that you then express that and live that with others, that brings you in integrity, right? So if you have your truth and you understand what your truth is, but then you're doing something different, you're out of alignment and you're out of integrity. And something about that is not going to feel right for you. And it's probably also not going to feel right for those that you're serving. But so here's the question is, is are the barriers for living, um, in your truth and for being uh, having positive high impact different for men and women? Are the barriers different for men and women? And Marae, I know that you work, you spend a lot of time working in the male dominated field um, as you know, a woman leader in that respect. Do you think the barriers for, um, for having that high impact leadership are different for men and women? Yeah, definitely. I think the, and, and it comes down to the communication because, you know, uh, uh, whether we like it or, or not, when women and men communicate differently and it has an impact on, on you know, the people that they lead. I think, mean, for example, women will be more, uh, they, they will have more collaborative, you know, uh, communication and, and really get to, to be more personal in, in everything that they do. Whereas some of the men, especially, you know, based on my experience, it's really a leadership of, you know, uh, making sure that uh, they deliver what they have to, they, they promise and, and really focus on that more on the delivery, on the end result, uh, instead of just focusing on, you know, the personal issue that are, that are happening around. 
And sometimes it's it's very difficult for a woman because uh, when uh, when they they are they they are judged on what they're doing, sometimes some harsh work word are being said, and they take it personally, and and it's not the intention. And and I've been guilty of that at the beginning, not understanding really what you know how uh, men uh, lead, taking those uh, feedback really personally. Whereas, you know, they just, you know, give you a feedback and then they forget about it. It's just <laughs> what they think and uh, and we we go on. So I think there's there's uh, there's definitely a difference here where women are more about, you know, uh, going more personal, uh, you know, um, and looking at things more on a collaborative, you know, be, being, you know, more doing things more in a collaborative way and understanding really the vulnerability of people in their team. And, uh, and men are more about, you know, what they see and what they really need to deliver. And wow. that, that can be a clash, you know, sometime when they work together. Wow. Roz, did you want to add to this, um, the differences between men and women before we go to Jose? No, I think she did that well. I'm going to pass the mic. Isn't that something? All right. <laughs> All right, Jose. So, so share your thoughts. I mean, Marae shared her perspective on the differences and, and sort of the obstacles, right, to this mm -hmm. getting to this high impact leadership or high impact living place. If, is there a difference if you're a man or a woman? Well, first and foremost, like I uh, really want to honor what Marae said. Um, and I'm not a woman, so I've never experienced the barriers of entry that women have had to experience. But I do know that it's something that has impacted women in getting into positions of leadership. And, and part of that, a big part of that is, is the lack of integration uh, of the, the lack of integration in the leadership from men, right? There's been a lot of uh, uh, dominance and like, like uh, Marae said, trying to get to the goal by any means necessary um, and abusing that energy, which leads me to this. I do a lot of work around masculine and feminine dynamics, especially in business. And all of us have both of those energies. So what Marae described isn't necessarily just for men, it's the masculine energy, which most men tend to lean towards, but we all have both of those energies. And a lot of work that I do with men is actually around integrating the masculine and feminine energies within us. So yes, typically men who are masculine leaning essence, um, they're focused on the goal. They're focused on, you know, the mas masculine energy qualities like um, creating a container, being like tangibly focused on what it is that we're moving towards. But without having awareness of the feminine energy within us as well, sometimes we lack the creativity. We lack the, the ability to, to empathize with people that we're leading. Um, to, to really uh, have a fully robust approach to leadership. Because, uh, you know, in the very, at the very core, I always say the masculine in business is the container, the objectives, the things that, um, that carry the offer. And the feminine energy is the creativity, the flow of clients, of energy, of dialogue, of conversation. And it's kind of like a river with the bank and the water, right? Too much masculine uh, leaning in any leader ends up being a river bank without water. 
and too much feminine um, le leaning, and I don't mean women leaning, I actually mean feminine, means like not maybe too much water turns into a lake and not enough bank to direct it in the direction that we want to go in. But without both, there's actually no flow towards that vision and that clarity. So I actually think it's very important for, for more women uh, to step up into leadership positions and co-create with men. And my partner is actually uh, a, a women's uh, uh, embodiment coach as well. She does a lot of work around intuition. And her journey, I won't speak to her journey, but a lot of the work that she does is around um, reprogramming uh, the way that women own their power. Because oftentimes in order for women to compete or to feel like they actually, to feel like they can access those levels of leadership and break through those barriers that do exist, they've had to step into a more masculine energy to compete against the men that are kind of trying to dominate that space. When in reality, the, the feminine energy is just as powerful right. as the masculine and they're both needed in the workspace, whether it's one leader that integrates it within themselves or two leaders, man and woman, or two women or two men, it really, it, it's all about integrating it within ourselves the same way that a sacred union and relationship happens. Um, and I think that's a big piece to why there's so many barriers of entry and leadership as well as why, you know, I'm also a rite of passage guide and I do a lot of, uh, um, in, I initiate men to be more men of service and integrate those parts of themselves within themselves in leadership, in life and in business. And oftentimes that, uh, the, the reason why this is, why these, these issues happen in society is because um, when we want something, we either complain or we dominate. Right. And depending on, you know, our programmings, our paradigms, our energy. So whether we're masculine, feminine, leaning, we end up like trying to dominate without really caring about what's happening with, around us. And it's so important to really um, initiate ourselves into a level of leadership that takes into consideration everyone and everything around us and the impact that it has on men, women and the vision that we're creating. So I know that was a lot, but. Uh, I think uh, masculine feminine dynamics is actually a big piece to the way we 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 lead. And I think it's a component that uh, oftentimes we don't we don't talk about. No, I think it was a lot, but I think it was really powerful to have us really begin to think about those different types of energies and how they show up for us. And when are we leaning? Um, because the only person you can truly impact and change is yourself, right? So understanding your own energies and what you're bringing forward at that time. Are you in that place where you're too heavily in your feminine energy, right? Where you are all water and it, there's no direction and things are just flowing. My sister and I used to joke that, you know, emotions just running all up and down the street, right? Are you in that place or are you in that place where you are in that male energy, where you are trying to be dominant and control and, you know, that sort of thing without really being collaborative or empathic with others? We're going to have to, I can't believe it's five minutes left in the show. I, every show, I feel like we say we need a part two. Although, ladies, you know that's not really possible, right? <laughs> you know, we can't actually do a part two of every, uh, or maybe we can. So I want to do um, a couple of things. I want to do uh, our picture. So let's do our coffee shot. And then I want to end on all of this that we've talked about. I want to talk about breathing and breath work and what, you know, how do we use our breath to be better uh, to live better and to lead better. So let me get my shirt in the picture. Can y'all see it? 
Got it. Thank you. All right. So um, we're going to do our wrap up a little bit differently. The what's in your cup segment, since we're already at 1056, which I can't even believe. Our what's in your cup segment today is going to focus on bringing everything that together that we've heard today. And we're going to wrap it up in how we can breathe, how we can use our breathing, the one gift that all of us have, right? And one thing that we can also control. Before we do that, Cindy says, Marae, Roz was right. You, uh, Marae and Roz was right. You couldn't have explained it better. Women's impact versus men impact. Regina said, perfectly said by Marae, men and women uh, differently uh, think differently and lead differently. I was the receiver and have seen and felt this. And I try to learn to be more flexible, right? You have to understand what those energies are and to learn to, to be able to flow within that a bit. So let's uh, do our what's in your cup segment. And we're going to end up on talking about breathing and the role of that. So Marae and Roz, I'll come to you both first to talk about how breathing has impacted your ability to lead better, to be centered, uh, what role it plays. And then we'll go to Jose and we'll let him wrap us up with the importance of breath work and what that means. So right after this. All right. So, uh, so Roz, let's come to you first and have you talk a little bit about um, what role breathing, have you done any formal breath work and, um, and how does that help you be centered and lead from a, a higher place? My first introduction to breath work was from my grandmother when she used to say, I'll snatch the life out of you. So I learned breath work at a young age. Now, as I got older, <laughs> I try not to snatch anybody's life, <laughs> but, but breathing has helped save a lot of other people in my, you know, in my community, you know, it's, it's helped save their life. It's helped keep me out of jail. It's helped calm me down. So there's a lot of benefits to breathing. And that's all I have to say. Thank you so much, Jose. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> So funny. Thank you, grandmother. I know there was a positive message in there somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about for you? Oh gosh, now breathing is very powerful, especially when you you know uh, you are in a situation where you don't know what to do. It's good to just you know uh, stop and breathe because you you can take you know an action that you you're gonna regret. And I think I'm <laughs> I'm looking at Rose here. It's like you know, and especially with children. And I have grandchildren now, so you're like okay. I need to breathe now because otherwise something bad is going to happen today. So it's, you know, it's important to, uh, to, to understand that we have this tool, this powerful tool that can calm us down and help us, you know, to take time to think before we take action. And I think that's, uh, that's something we should all do, especially when we are heavily tested. Yeah, no, I agree that breathing is really powerful. I wish we taught it more, right? Mm -hmm. I wish we taught the benefits of breathing even into junior high, right? Mm -hmm. Before you go doing something crazy in junior high and then on into high school and college, if we really taught breathing and the role that it plays in just getting us to stop for a moment, allowing our logical processes to re-engage, allowing that emotional hijacking to release a little bit, 
Um, and so as we think about that, uh, I want to share uh, this quote. And then, Jose, I want you to tell us about um, breathing from your perspective and why it's really important for leaders. So this one says, even one deep conscious breath can serve as the mini meditation we need to slow down and reduce tension. Pausing to take a few deep breaths can allow us to enter the next activity or interaction with fresh eyes, energy, and enthusiasm. And that came from John Berlin, who wrote an article in 2017 for the Business Insider. So Jose, mm -hmm. how are you using breathing and why is it important in the work that you're doing? Yeah, great question. Um, and, and great, uh, Marae, Roz, I uh, love what you guys shared about breath. Um, breath work is one of the most powerful tools to regulate our nervous system. And it's also one of the most powerful tools to alter our state of mind, body, and consciousness. So uh, just really simply, we all, I mean, Roz, you spoke about your grandmother, right? We all have these thresholds where we go into parasympathetic or sympathetic, meaning like fight, flight, or freeze. And when you think of an animal, like um, let's say a deer, if they hear a loud, loud noise and they get scared, literally immediately after the danger is gone, they shake it off and their breathing changes. They regulate their body. And as, as humans, just society, you know, storing our emotions, like all these, uh, these, uh, these stories about us, like regulating our emotions or even allowing them to be processed, we end up storing them and they're in our nervous system. So whether it's your grandmother saying, I'll snatch the life out of you or some, or are you going, are you going to be in a new level of leadership? Your breath literally tends to shift according to what your nervous system is feeling. So you can use breath, like Marie said, to take a deep breath and regulate and go more into that threshold where we are between the fight and flight and we're like able to, so to socialize and bring forth. Um, what we want to bring forth, but also I use breath to tap into sympathetic. So I do breathwork workshops, something called holotropic breathing, and intentionally creating a safe space where you're breathing more intensely, you're breathing uh, very deeply, and you go into states of hyper arousal. So you're going into sympathetic nervous system, and obviously the container is safe. There's an intention there to release trauma. And in these, in these experiences, what ends up happening is you are releasing trauma that is stored in your body. So a lot of times I create these workshops, leaders come in and they set an intention and without having to talk about it, like they would with me in a coaching session or with a therapist, sometimes the, this trauma, like that deer that, that uh, heard that noise and maybe didn't shake it off or that moment where something happened that you were younger, you don't even remember the memory of how it happened and what happened but your nervous system stored it. Um, sometimes all of that comes up in that, in that uh, experience where, you know, trauma might come up, uh, memories might come up, your body tenses up and kind of releases trauma that's stored in it. And then I bring it back down and create this, this uh, moment of parasympathetic breathing where you literally become your own regulator. So I've had people come in that have panic attacks and, you know, go into the, paras the sympathetic state feel like they're getting a, par uh, a panic attack. And through my guidance, whoever's co-facilitating with me, they're able to receive the tools. You know, no one's doing it for them. They get to breathe, slow down their breathing. And it's almost like you're intentionally creating that moment where your breath will 
kind of be taken away from you or, or that anxious moment we were talking about earlier where you're crossing the threshold, you're creating that intentionally in a safe container and then you're allowing yourself to take deep breaths, allowing yourself to strengthen, sensitize and um, soften your nervous system so that when you do go back out, there's more clarity, there's, there's more opportunity to step up to these moments where, you're, where your nervous system is like, um, would otherwise be more uh, activated and you can actually just take a deep breath. So people that have come in with panic attacks have left and said, it's been two years since uh, my last panic attack or three months, right? So it's a really powerful tool and it's also uh, very intense sometimes. So breath work has different uh, uh, tools, but I would say it's the number one way. And if anything, it's the only way to consciously tap into our nervous system Mm. and create a shift without having to um, think about or take any, you know, uh, external substances like coffee or psychedelics. <laughs> so Jose, is it is it as simple as, let's say I am triggered, right? Mm -hmm. For whatever that reason is, as a leader in life, something's not going well and I'm triggered and I'm sort of, my emotions are getting heightened. Is it as simple as just pausing for a second and taking a deep inspiration and then exhalation and doing that several times? Or is there a specific technique that yeah. I need to use to shift me out of that dynamic? Well, I mean, I'll make it this simple. There's a doctor, a Japanese doctor that said six deep breaths. Six deep breaths resets your nervous system, right? Mm. So, and, and I just want to emphasize on this, when you look at babies, they breathe into their belly. They're using their solar plexus and they're literally breathing into their belly, into their chest. And if you think of how we breathe now, oftentimes you breathe into our chest, which is actually not using the full capacity of our lungs. And it's not using our diaphragm, our solar plexus, which is actually a big piece to regulating your nervous system. So if you breathe the six deep breaths, literally breathing into your belly, into the chest, which you can see is a lot more breath, six of those breaths can re reset your nervous system and help you regulate. Um, and then the others, you know, there's some yeah. modalities to that. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll show you usually for an hour, it'll be deep breathing, belly, chest. So you're literally creating a hyperventilation but that's more to in a controlled environment to release uh any any things that are uh you know uh stuck in your nervous system but six wow. deep breaths is all you need to do to really reset your nervous system breathing into the belly use your belly use your diaphragm the diaphragm is one of the most powerful tools to shifting your 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 nervous system's uh state so wow. yeah Really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And I know I wanted to spend more time on it, but we just got lost in the conversation today. So, Roz? No, I was I was going to say, as I was listening to him, the breathing is cleaning us out. Mm. It's a cleanser. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because now, you know, I can use that to help clean out. I don't have to take no, you know. Yeah. <laughs> No no coffee. <laughs> no coffee. But I can have chocolate. I can have chocolate. Yes, yes, for sure. 
Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for that, Jose. Marie. <laughs> Just any, saved my life now. I have my 62, 62 brain. So next time when I have my grandchildren, so okay, let me do my 62. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. So awesome. Well, thank you all for another great show. Uh, Cindy said, awesome show as usual. Jose was a great guest with great insight. Regina said, great show, everyone. I've learned so much. I am glad. If you have not watched, if you missed any part, the replay is always available. Jose, if people want to learn more about the work that you do with men on leadership or embodied leadership and breathing and everything, all of the retreat and workshop work you do, where should they connect with you? Yeah, so uh, they can follow me on Instagram, um, Jose underscore Alejandro. A lot of the things that I'm working on are usually posted on there. Also, uh, for my men's organization, um, it's called Modern Renaissance Man. The website is themrmofficial.com. And uh, we do rites of passages. So we take men out for four, four days and four nights to fast, water only, with an intention of what their high impact is going to be. And then five months of coaching before and after. It's kind of like a like a caterpillar, cocoon, butterfly journey into a higher level of leadership. That's coming up in May, but it starts in February. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out. And anything else on there, whether it's just community or, or anything that you feel like. I'll say this. The biggest tool for me to step into high level, high impact leadership has been having mirrors that can support me along my journey. Because, mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes we hear, take a hard look in the mirror, but they don't tell us that uh, when you look in the mirror, you only see half of you, right? We need other mirrors around us in order to reflect back all our blind spots and the back doors that we create. So oftentimes we look at the mirror and we see what we see, but we don't see what we don't see. So mm -hmm. having men around you, um, it's a really just create that space and just community around you is really important. So if that's something you're looking for, definitely, uh, check my work out and, and there's a, there's a, there's a space for you. Love that. Thank you for the mirror analogy. It's a really good one. Cause they do say, look in the mirror, but you are only seeing one half really powerful way to end the show. And on that note, thank you. If you have been tuned in to watching the show, whether you're watching live on the replay or on podcast later in the off season, then we appreciate you. Don't forget to come back, like share the video, Someone else out there needs to hear this conversation. And don't forget, continue to comment. If we see those comments come through, I'll still go through and we'll still respond to those as well. So for my panel, y'all have been amazing as usual. My caffeinated co-host with the coffee with Rhonda shirts and mugs and all that stuff going on. Thank you all. Jose, thank you so much for being here. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you for the amazing work that you do in the world. So for my panel, stay tuned. For everyone else out there, we will see you back here we only have one more show left in the season y'all can you believe it one more show left in the season and then we go on a hiatus until march so that's it for all we'll see you back here next week until next time everyone